Well, hello, everyone. Uh, Christopher Walker here with you. I'm excited uh, about the Sunday School message um, in the series that we are currently in right now, um, Abundant Life. Um, I believe that everyone who's listening to this, uh, we all want to live an abundant life. And Pastor Brown, he did an awesome job uh, last week uh, speaking about abundant faith. It all starts with faith. Uh, today, I'm going to go on and uh, we're going to talk about abundant contentment. Uh, that may not seem uh, like something uh, that we would uh, absolutely need for an abundant life, but contentment is, uh, is a key characteristic and attribute that we need. And so uh, I thank everyone for joining me. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you would like to look up your scripture, uh, we're going to be going to First uh, Timothy 6.6. 6. Uh, and then we're going to be going to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to be reading verses 11 through 13 there. And while you're looking for that, we're going to go ahead and pray and ask God to be with us at this time. Father, we thank you so much, uh, Father, for the people, uh, the resources, uh, even the, those who listen right now. God, we thank you that you have uh, brought us together uh, for this time. Lord God, that we may as a church live an abundant life. I pray, Lord, as we go through this message today, that you would convict hearts. Lord God, that you would just sow seed, Father, that we may uh, continue to live our life uh, unto you as never before. I pray that your word uh, will enter into the hearts of every believer and unbeliever that may, may hear this, Lord God. And Father, that it may sprout something new in our lives, something that we've never thought about. I pray, Lord, that we would be open to receive what this message has for us today. And in Jesus' name we pray. And we say, Amen. Amen. Again, first we're going to be going to 1 Timothy 6.6. 6, and then following we'll be going to Philippians 4.11-13. Again, our first verse it reads, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Again, it says godliness with contentment is great gain. Now going with me to Philippians 4, verse 11. It says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state that I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I want to also read that in the New Living Translation. It says, not that I was ever in need, speaking of Paul, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Again, we're going to be talking about abundant contentment. Uh, I, I want to start with this. Um, in 1922, the tomb of a, an Egyptian king was discovered. 
the name of that king was King Tut. Now, King Tut's tomb, it had become famous uh, for the wealth of treasure that it had contained. Uh, the, tr- the treasure in today's amount would be the equivalent of almost $50 billion. Now, here's the thing. King Tut, he tried to take this treasure with him after he died. And that is why uh, this wealth was found in his tomb. Uh, but in the end, it was all left behind to be discovered uh, centuries later. Uh, King Tut, he found out by experience that the Bible verse found in 1 Timothy 6 and 7 is true. It reads for, we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. That verse is still true today. You came into this world empty-handed, and I hope you know you will leave this world empty-handed. In contrast to the life of King Tut uh, is the life of uh, Apostle Paul. When Paul had become a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, he suffered the loss of all things. His his perspective on his loss was very clear. He was content with any lifestyle as long as he would gain Jesus Christ. One of the benefits of the abundant life uh, we are offered in Jesus Christ is abundant contentment. Contentment is the state of being pleased with your status and substance in life. Contentment is having a satisfied state of mind. I want you to ask yourself and answer this question. What do you absolutely need to be content in life? Pause it if you need to. I want you to think about it before we move forward. What do you think is essential? Anything you need, whether it's housing, clothes, food, cars, entertainment, health. What is absolutely needed for you to be content in life? 1 Timothy 6 and 8, it gives us what we should be content with. It says, and having food and raiment, speaking of clothes, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Paul, he he talks to Timothy and he tells Timothy that he should be content with simply having food on his plate and with clothes on his back. I want to ask you right now, will you would you be content if all you had was something to eat and clothes on your back? Maybe you're in a situation where you're not content with life and you have more than you're able to eat. You have more clothes than someone needs in their closet. Why aren't you content? Mm. Uh, In in the story of the conquest of Jericho, the first battle in the land of Cana, the Lord had given Israel a command to destroy everything. This command was specific. Only Rahab and her family were to live. Everything else was supposed to die. No spoil was supposed to be taken uh, on the vessels of gold. A silver, bronze, and iron, they were, to co- they were to go to the treasury of the Lord. And on the specified day, Israel, they o- obeyed the Lord's battle plan. They marched around the city seven times. They blew their trumpets. They shouted with a loud voice. And miraculously, the walls fell flat and the men of Israel, they rushed into the city, winning a stunning victory. 
every human in Jericho died as, as they were supposed to, except for Rahab and her family. The city was burned with fire and all the gold, the silver and brass, iron, it was consecrated to the Lord. Israel, they celebrated the complete victory and judgment over the inhabitants of Jericho. Now, this story, it should have ended with, they all lived happily ever after. But that was not the case. A man by the name of Achan, he was an Israelite. Uh, he took that which was forbidden, earning him the title, the troubler of Israel. His penalty ended up being the death penalty for both him and his family. Because of his lack of contentment, he brought trouble to Israel and death to his family. Because he was not content with those things that he had already had, he disobeyed God. And the result was his family and himself being killed. Again, 1 Timothy 6, 6, which was our one of our main verses today, it says that godliness with contentment is great gain. The pursuit of wealth in order to create the perception of blessing was per pervasive among the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the days of Jesus and thereafter. In the early church, some materialistic Christians, they claimed that gain, gaining wealth was godliness. And I believe that even today, some of us, we believe the same thing. And so I want to ask you another question. Who would you consider the most blessed person in the church? The, the church you attend, who is the most blessed in your eyes? Who would you consider the most blessed person? Why do you choose that person? Is it because they're financially stable? Is it because they have everything they want, they're able to give, the children go to all the uh, uh, all the functions that we have to offer? The truth is that in some cases, people see wealth as godliness. In the Jewish culture, wealth was considered a sign of blessing of God. Therefore, the more money you accumulated, the more blessed you were supposed to be. And in the effort to appear favored of God, some people, they coveted after money, and the same is still true today. They substituted the symbols of blessing for substance. Social classes were also a norm in that society. Uh, there were slaves and slave owners. And Paul, he recognized that resentment was a threat to the Christian witness to those who were slaves. He taught that those in authority were worthy of honor. But the deeper, deeper issue to Paul was protecting their Christian witness. Servants may have perceived that their masters were driven by gain. And I, I believe that in some cases uh, that was true. Uh, but Paul, he warned his servants against coveting their master's wealth. Uh, he taught that if you served under the authority of someone who was a Christian, you were not to despise them. Instead, honor was to be shown. The deeper issue Paul was uh the, the deeper issue that Paul saw uh was the issue to covet. He believed believed that the slaves were going to covet their master's earnings. 
uh, those who were poor uh, might have felt entitled to the wealth of their Christian masters. Uh, in our culture, that would be called wealth distribution. Uh, wealth uh, redistribution. Distribution. I'm sorry. Uh, in no ways was Paul advocating slavery. Uh, however, he went straight to the heart of the issue of these harmful attitudes. This was the classic battle of covetousness versus contentment. Uh, in the same passage, uh, Paul he would warn that the love of money is the root of all evil. Again, the love of money is the root of all evil. And that's why God, he tells us and wants us to be satisfied with the lifestyle and the position that he has placed us in. He understands and he knows our mindset. He knows what we're going through. And listen, there is no greater joy and uh, happiness of life than what God can provide for you. I know it seems like those who seek after money or those who have money, I should say, that they are, are, are living the best lives. But again, look what Paul says in 1 Timothy uh, 6, uh, 9, and 10. Look at the consequences of those who love money and covet it. It says that they fall into temptation and the snare. So when we seek after money, we fall into temptation. Is that healthy for our spiritual walk? It says in verse 9 that they fall into many foolish and hurtful lusts. How many of you want that added to your life? It says they drown in destruction. They err from the faith. They leave the faith and they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. These are the things that happen when we chase after money. When we go after money with everything we have and we're not content. Listen, gain is not godliness. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Paul, he then, he gives a, a perspective that should be taken into serious consideration. He says, for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. The challenge for all generations is to be focused on the hereafter rather than the here now. The difference between having money and loving money is, is subtle. With prosperity comes power and the tendency to be preoccupied with what is seen rather than what is unseen. Jesus said that it is very difficult for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Job, he modeled the attitude of content, uh, contentment. When everything had been taken away from him, he said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. As you consider who you are and where you are, do you find that you are content or are you agitated? When you see what others have, what others have are you tempted to covet their stuff or are you pleased to be who you are? where you are. In the days of King David, he suffered a setback by the rebellion of his son Absalom. And as David fled Jerusalem during the assault, <coughs> an aged man helped David, the Gileadite. And when David was restored to his throne, he offered this man, uh, uh, he offered to bring this man to Jerusalem so he could take care of him. The man graciously 
declined, saying that he would stay home and die in his home, his own city, and be buried in the grave of his father and his mother. Now, given the offer to live uh, uh, in the king's house, this man declined. Why? Because he was content with who he was, where he was, and what he had. Again, contentment is the state of being pleased with your status and substance in life. What are some things you're focusing on right now that are affecting your level of contentment? Again, what are some things you're focusing on? And because you focus on these things, your level of contentment is not the same. In one of his letters from prison, Paul, he wrote of his outlook on life, not that I speak in regard of need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. This is today's main verse. Several statements from this passage of scripture address our need for abundant contentment. Paul said that he learned to be content. Did we hear that? He learned to be content. This gives us hope that contentment is not something that is naturally in us. You might be inclined towards discontentment, but you can learn to be content. Paul, he seems to have learned this lesson through the experiences of need. <coughs> Excuse me. Paul learned how to be content through his experiences of need. And so the only way that we will learn how to be content is if we go through seasons where we need, but God still provides for us. And while we're in those seasons, we can't hang our head low, but we have to understand that God is still our provider and that he gives us all things that we need. Paul, the Bible says that he knew how to abound. How do you learn how to be prosperous? Well, a little experience helps. When you are elected, appointed, promoted, or blessed with some new benefit, you must keep your perspective. It is a gift from God. If you will remember that seasons of abounding can vaporize just as quickly as they materialize, you will keep your perspective. Intentionally view the season of abounding as the blessing of God and not as the result of your business. You will remain content in the times of plenty, just as you learn to be content in the times of want. Paul, he learned to be content everywhere and in all things. Paul's journey took him from Jerusalem to Rome and to many places in between. He spent time in prison and in the ocean adrift for a day and a night. He was cursed by some. He was blessed by others. Hmm. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul did not credit his contentment to an exceptional attitude as much as the grace of God. He trusted Jesus to strengthen him in all his circumstances of life, and he found strength to be abased and strength to abound. There was strength to suffer in prison, and there was strength to witness in the palace. The key to contentment is found in your relationship with Jesus Christ and by trusting his wise work 
in your life. I want to I want to finish uh, uh, with the story of an individual. He's an NFL player. I was able to uh, hear his story uh, and how he had a lack of contentment growing up, and it, it robbed him in uh, more ways than he can imagine. Uh, and I'm many. I'm sure that many of us uh, can understand his situation. He grew up. Um, where his house, if it rained at night, they had to get buckets, put them on the floor to catch the rainwater. Uh, he had nine brothers and sisters. Uh, he slept in the bed with his grandmother until he was 14 years old just because they were so poor. They didn't have enough room. They got more room when the kids got older and moved out. And so I remember him saying that if they happened to hit a raccoon uh, or find a dead raccoon in the woods, that that meant that there was going to be a time of feasting uh, because they lived on the bare necessities of life. And so it gave me perspective of how poor he was. He didn't have multiple sets of clothes. They talked about him when he went to school. But he allowed this uh, to rule his train of thought as he got older. Uh, And and everything came, became about, uh, everything was about becoming successful and being an NFL player. And he finally made it to the NFL. Um, But there was a lack of commitment there uh, to the point uh, to where he was divorced. He couldn't have a relationship. Uh, with women, uh, because every second of every day was given to football. Uh, He went on to say that his children, uh, he would promise to take them, uh, you know, to various theme parks or whatever the case may be when they got older. But because of football, he would tell them no, and he would not. We'd later find that he didn't have a relationship with his children. His grandmother was the love of his life because that's who took care of him. But because he was chasing after the money, his grandmother ended up dying. And he was unable to bless her the way that he wanted to after he became a player, a successful player in the NFL. A lack of contentment caused him to lose his family, his wife, his children. But he had the money. He had the money. I don't believe that's the life that God has for us. I believe that God, he wants us to love our family. Our wives, your husbands, our children. God, he wants us to have all of these things intact. Bible says that every good and perfect gift, it comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. We have to learn to be content with what we have in life. Bible does not tell us not to strive for more. But when you strive for more and it causes you to lose focus on the things of the kingdom, you're striving for something that you don't need. 
And so I would ask that you would pray with me right now. If we're going to live the abundant life, we have to have abundant contentment. We have to be satisfied with what we have in life right now. Otherwise, we will pierce ourselves with many sorrows and the worst air from the faith. And so let's have this abundant contentment. Let's be content with where we are and what God has given us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again uh, for the blessing that you have given us. God, you have blessed each and every person on the face of this planet. Every person who has who has uh, who is hearing this message right now, God, you have given us things to be happy about. You have given us blessings, God, that we are to wake up every morning and to be thankful about. I pray, Father, that uh, for these people that are listening, that we would not uh, get distracted. Oh, Father, that we would not allow our eyes to to be focused on materialistic things, God, and keeping up with the Joneses. I pray, Lord God, that we will be content with uh, whatever and wherever you have placed us, uh, even in our positions, Lord God, wherever you have called us to be and whatever you have called us to do. I pray, Father, that we will be satisfied and that we will use the gifts and the abilities that you have given us, Lord God, uh, to be successful in those things. In all things, Lord God, we trust you. We trust you, Lord God. And we thank you for what you're doing. We know that you supply all of our needs. And so we're going to trust you and lean on you as never before as we live this life of abundant contentment. I thank you and I bless you. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen, amen. Again, Refuge, let's go on. Let's live the abundant life. Uh, And it starts with abundant faith and abundant contentment. God bless you all, and I hope you join us next week.